Well, there have been a lot of tough losses this season. It's a long year. Not the first, won't be the last, but uh, I got to say, that's got to be one of the tougher ones, given the amount of opportunities that were just straight up wasted. Once again, by the Blue Jays offense, a a terrific Kikuchi start thrown, thrown away. That's a tough one to digest because they don't come around that often. There's just no two ways about it. It's a rough loss. Sportsnet stats saying Jays have now lost nine of their last 11 games in Seattle, having held a lead in six of those contests. Rough stuff in a 3-2 walk-off loss for the Blue Jays at the hands of, of course, Teoscar Hernandez and the Seattle Mariners in the first of three at T-Mobile Park. Uh, Welcome to Jays Talk across the Sportsnet radio network, streaming live on sportsnet.ca and on the Sportsnet app. Show Ali with you. Taking your calls and texts, phone lines are open, 416-870-0590, 590 star 590 on your cellular device, 590-590 is the people's text line, it is always open. Leave your name and location, please, if you do shoot me a text so I can give you a quick shout out. Look, I'm not sure what it is, but Jordan Romano in non-save situations has been there's no two ways about it, has been bad, unfortunately, right? Five times, you heard Blake mention it a couple of minutes ago, five times in tie games, Romano has taken an L. That is wild, considering how elite he has been in actual save situations, but non-save situations, he's just not performed. I'm not actually sure what the solution is to that, because I'm not actually sure there is a solution. There might not actually be one. Because I'm not sure, perhaps the the easy answer to that might be, well, don't use Jordan Romano in non-save situations. The problem with that, and I know you guys know this, not a hot take or anything, but I'm not sure you want to be caught using a, you know, quote-unquote lesser pitcher than your closer in those situations and then lose because then you'd all be saying, and I would be saying this too, well, why didn't they go to their best closer? Why didn't they go to Jordan Romano there? It's a strange situation if only because I can't remember the last time that happened to one guy. So consistently it's a, it's a really tough way to lose, especially with Teoscar Hernandez being the guy to walk it off. And he knew it. He knew that ball was over Springer's head. The moment it left his bat, he dropped his bat and uh, with runners on, on second and third, doesn't really matter. Mariners win. We'll talk about the pinch hit situation with Kirk in a second. I'm going to read a couple of your texts here, but Romano, walking the nine batter, a guy who has, and I'm not here to like knock on the guy really, but a guy who has no power. Romano walking that guy to start the bottom of the ninth. That's just unacceptable. Like maybe he's still working through some things. He looked a little erratic today, but I don't really care how it happens. The Mariners batters after their top four and really their, their two, three, four batters, uh, in, in, let's see, Eugenio Suarez, Julio Rodriguez, and of course, the Oscar Hernandez, even JP Crawford isn't having like the best year. And he's not exactly the most powerful of bats either, but let's, let's count Crawford for now after Teo. So Crawford, J-Rod, Suarez, Teo, after those four, basically every other batter on the Mariners is not having a very good season. And for Romano to walk the nine guy, mm, you can't, they just, you can't have that. You expect better. I expect better. You guys do from, I still think he's one of the elite closers, but unfortunately, again, in non-safe situations, he's not been very good. Uh, I want to read some of your texts here. 590-590, name and location. A lot of texts about the <laughs> Schneider decision in the eighth inning to pinch hit 
Alejandro Kirk. I'm just going to read a bunch of them. Okay. Jane Barry going to keep this short and sweet. You will probably get this a lot, but this one is definitely on the manager. Christine from Toronto. Can we please end the Kirk pinch hit experiment with a runner on first and one out? Let's see. There's another one here. Uh, Terry in St. Catharines. I have a real problem with Kirk pinch hitting for Varsho. Everyone in the stadium knew Seattle was going to pitch for a ground ball double play. Why would Schneider replace Varsho's speed with the slowest base runner since Kirby Puckett? Horrible, horrible decision. Cost us the game. Allen from Spruce Grove, Alberta. Curious about Kirky pinch hitting in the eighth of the bases loaded. He's a heck of a hitter, but at what point would you think about the speed situation and how he's a much better double play candidate than a guy like Varsho? It's true. You guys are all right. It's a it's a bit of a baffling decision. Maybe we hear from John Schneider a little bit later on, but when you talk about Kirk, I mean, first of all, we did discuss him a little bit yesterday afternoon after his terrific outing against the Padres. And, and like we're saying, he pinches for Varsho beyond him grounding into the, into the double play with the bases loaded, which obviously not good. That also tells me, and I'm sure it tells you guys this as well, that Jordan Luplo probably not long for the major league roster, because if you hit as well as he did yesterday and you don't get a look in that situation, you know, probably means that I'm sure it does obviously have a lot to do with trying to get Kirk going as well. Cause you want to try and have him build on a strong outing, but like loop low wise, it probably makes you wonder if he's not going to see too much playing time. Maybe he's gone from the majors in the not too distant future, but it's tough to pinch hit Kirk in that situation. No real explanation for it because even with the game yesterday, he goes single, single walk home run. One of those singles on the ground, an infield single he beat out, and he's still hitting a lot of balls on the ground without a lot of speed. Now, that's just who he is. That's just who he is as a player. And he has beat out infield singles here and there. But, uh, I mean, that's exactly what the Mariners hoped would happen. That's exactly what did happen. And like some of you guys are mentioning on the text line, despite the relative lack of production from Barsho, and I don't think it's, it's necessarily a hindsight thing. Because I know some people will say, oh, well, you know what? Varsho has been pretty mediocre offensively as of late. This is true. This is this is absolutely true. But Varsho shows off some prodigious speed. And I think I'd rather have the speed in that situation rather than Kirk until he has shown he is back a little bit more consistently. Because ultimately, you don't really know if he is back after just one Admittedly, very, very good game, but at the same time, I just I'm not sure that's the right decision because ultimately you can probably point to you can probably point to a number of places where the Blue Jays lost this game, but I think the first place most of us, me and you guys, would would point to is uh the eighth inning situation with Kirk pinch hitting for Dalton Varsho. Uh let's go to your calls. 416-870-0590-188-666-0590, star five ninety on your cellular device. 59590 is the people's text line. Leave your name and location. If you do shoot me a text, go back to the text line in a sec. Uh, Matt joining us here on JSOC from Seattle. Matt, uh, were you at the game? I'm curious. <laughs> yep, I was at the game. Um, um, I'm not uh, just off the top. I'll say uh, I'm not here to say fire the manager or anything like that, but I would say kind of file this one away for later and uh, see how it goes. Uh, already I'm not happy about how a lot of these games in Seattle uh, against Seattle have gone going back obviously to their playoff run. Uh, I've, uh, for me personally, I came out for my birthday. It's, uh, this was my 
fifth time uh, seeing the Blue Jays play in Seattle, and uh, unfortunately for me, they're 0-5. 0-6 lifetime. I got to see David Balls lose in his 21 season. Uh, one of the losses he had was against Seattle, so that's 0-6 <laughs> for me. So I'm going to the game tomorrow. I'm, I'm hoping that uh, I can finally check one off my bucket list with a win against Seattle, but Again, you've already, you kind of took uh, the wind out of my sails. Uh, as soon as he made that switch for uh, for Kirk, I was just like, "What are you doing?" I mean, uh, the guy obviously, you know, you, you don't want to you want to hit you want to elevate that ball, and he just hit it right on the ground. And a uh, uh, quick thing about um, uh, about Romano, I'm, I noticed that his velo was down. And, you know, usually he's around 98, 99, but uh, I don't know if it's injury related or maybe he's got another stint on the DL, but. Uh, I hope he can kind of put it together, but like you said, it's just in those non-save situations, you know, hoping to put it together for uh, this team because they just, you know, I'm just speaking off the top. I don't think they have what it takes to make a deep run in the playoffs. I think maybe they can get to the playoffs, but uh, um, I've heard um, uh, Kevin and and Blair talk about it, and I just think that uh, there's just a few things missing from this lineup, and it's mostly on the hitting side of things, but... uh, yeah, go Jays, go fan for life, and uh, hopefully they can uh, help me check off that one uh, Blue Jays win on the road in Seattle. So love the show, and <laughs> thanks for having me on, partner. Hey, thanks, Matt. Thanks for joining me on Jays Talk. Happy birthday. I hope you have a – I hope for your sake, and you know what, for all of our sakes, that uh, the Blue Jays do get a win tomorrow. Kevin Gossman's on the mound, which, you know, on, on one hand makes me think they have a very good chance to get a win. On the other hand – the last time Gosman uh, took the mound, the Blue Jays really did take the whole don't give Gosman run support uh, seriously because they got no hit the last time Kevin Gosman was on the mound. So I'm expecting better than a no hit uh, for the Blue Jays offense tomorrow. But um, Logan Gilbert is on the mound for the Seattle Mariners. It's going to be, it's a, it is a kind of a sexy pitching matchup as far as I'm concerned, but uh, it does not make it that easy on the Blue Jays bat. So for uh, your sake and everyone else's sake, I do hope you're right. Um, yeah, I do think when it comes to the decision again, yeah, I don't think I'm not sure we should be at the fire John Schneider thing after one game because I mean, just what it was yesterday, he got to a hundred wins in his what I think it was 171 games managed, which is a uh, tied with Cito Gaston for uh, the quickest to a hundred wins as a Blue Jays manager in franchise history. So again, I don't, I don't think we're quite there yet, but it was a bit of a baffling decision for Kirk being put in there. And again, like it just, I, I'm not saying you can never pinch hit Kirk ever again, but in that situation, the base is loaded Kirk hitting a lot of ground balls. I'm just, I'm not really sure that was the right move. Even if you wanted to, even if you didn't want to have Dalton Varsho stay in the lineup there, you could have pinch it him with Jordan Luplo. We literally saw Luplo have a very good game yesterday. And again, I know I understand by the same metrics by saying, Oh, you can't say Kirk is going to have a great game because he had a great game yesterday. You can say the same thing would go for Jordan Luplo, I would think. But, um, you know, at the same time, I, I do kind of wonder, I'm not sure it was the right move to go to, to go to Alander Kirk until you see him more back. Uh, let's go back to the phones. 416-870-0590. one 590 star 590 on your cell. Guy joining me in Maple. Guy, thanks for staying up late. What's on your mind? Yeah, I just, uh, I mean, we're all questioning Schneider on the uh, pinch hits, but what really ticked me off is when he took out Kikuchi. I mean, the guy's having his best game in two years. He gives up three cheap infield singles let the guy try and get out of it. Like you can even tell when Kikuchi came off the mound, he was in shock 
that he got taken out of the game. I mean, what the hell is he doing? I mean, we got two games coming up. We got one guy who hasn't pitched well all year in Manoa, and we got another guy. We don't even know what we're going to get out of Gosman tomorrow, you know, with the injury and everything. And who knows how sharp he's going to be going two weeks without, you know, pitching. And you take this guy out in the fifth inning when he's pitching his best game in two years. And, you know, okay, Richards got out of the inning great. It's not to say Kikuchi wouldn't have. But, you know, at what point do you, like, say, you know what, let's give this guy a shot? Like, I mean, they're just, like, coddling him and coddling him. So, you know, Schneider, this isn't the Game 7 of the World Series. I mean, like, let the guy try and get out of it. And you know what? If he goes seven innings, you know, then you can manage your bullpen a lot a lot better. Now they've blown, what, everybody but, what, Mitch White and Jay Jackson <laughs> Uh, going into the uh, going into tomorrow's game, so that's that's what kind of set me off. And I just have one thing I wanted to add. Uh, I would love to see the Jays besides getting Nelson Cruz. I'd love to see them get Lane Thomas. I just want to know what your thoughts are on that, and what are the odds they can get him? I'll hang up and listen. And great show. Hey, Gee, thanks for joining me tonight. Appreciate you staying up late here on the East Coast. Okay, let's talk about Yusei Kikuchi to start because I am of two minds with Kikuchi being pulled in the sense that you guys know I'm a, I'm a big fan of letting guys pitch longer. I just, I'm a general supporter of that. Let them throw closer to hundred pitches. If they, if they don't look like they have completely lost the thread, just let them go a little longer. I, I, I get that metrics and analytics say, okay, well in such and such a situation, you don't want this guy to face this batter for a third time. I get it. I, I do understand. And generally speaking, you say Kikuchi has had a shorter leash than the other starters not named Alec Manoa. And even Manoa had a longer leash for most of the season because of what he had seen in 2022. So I, I do understand. But having said that, if you had told me after this ball game that the Blue Jays would have Kikuchi throw less than 80 pitches and he would not give up a single run, I would have probably assumed that they won this game, right? Like you would have assumed he, he went like seven innings or something like that. The final line for Kikuchi, five and a third, five hits, no runs, one walk, eight strikeouts, 78 pitches thrown, 52 of them were strikes. Uh, Kikuchi's eight swinging strikeouts from Sportsnet Stats ties his high as a member of the Blue Jays. Uh, That's phenomenal. He was locked in tonight. He got quite the ovation as he left the mound too, right? A very friendly crowd from all the uh, uh, traveling West Coast fans like Matt earlier. Uh, I I, I honestly do bet more than a few of those people were Mariners fans also who remembered Kikuchi's uh, all-star appearance from his time as a starter for them. So uh, definitely a good outing for him tonight. Uh, My barometer for a good or bad Kikuchi start has for the most part been five innings and three earned runs or less. And I was thinking about this at the very beginning of the game, that it feels sometimes like a three run outing from the Jays bats can be a lot to ask for. It feels like a monumental task. And it kind of was tonight, given that they only scored two runs. But if, if you're de facto fourth or fifth starter, depending on how you view Manoa, is giving you five innings and three earned runs or less, most teams are going to take that. And you absolutely got that tonight in Seattle. And obviously you can directly tie the lack of offensive performance to the quick hook for Kikuchi. It was, I believe it was Teoscar Hernandez who came up to the plate when Kikuchi got the hook. And Teo has been hitting lefties pretty well. Kikuchi had not got him, gotten him out to that point in the game it was a run-run game, I get it, but I don't know. I think you still let the guy go a little more because it's not its not as though he had gotten to five and a third and had like five walks. This wasn't like the Blake Snell start we saw yesterday. It wasn't as though he was, he was nibbling and just getting out of things by the skin of his teeth. 
he was, and he did let a lot of leadoff uh, batters get on base. They reached, I think they reached in every inning to start until the fifth inning. I want to say the leadoff hitter got aboard in some way, shape or form almost in every inning until that fifth inning. So, you know, but he got out of it. He got out of it in every other, every other time he was out there because he did not let up any runs. I don't know. It's, it's tough because we know about his fastball. It looked like he was working today. The slider looked like it was working today as well. The curveball being used in, uh, as Blake said, some unconventional counts for him. And yeah, I mentioned the leadoff hitter thing, but like the first time of the entire game, the leadoff hitter did not get on base. Fifth inning, Kikuchi induces a pop-up of Dylan Moore. The last out of the inning in the fifth, I thought was perhaps one of my favorite moments for Kikuchi in tonight. He falls behind to J.B. Crawford 3-0. and He's the Mariners' leadoff batter. And then he gets J.P. Crawford to pop up. He gets he gets Crawford out of it. He throws some strikes. He gets away. He leaves with no runs. He's at 71 pitches through five innings and then lifted at 78 pitches. It's tough because Kennedy Gee's point, now you've used all your highest leverage relievers, basically, except for Tim Meza. But you've used basically all the other guys. And I assume we see Meza and certainly Nate Pearson tomorrow as well. But you use Richards. He doesn't look, I mean, he he was great to, to wrap up the sixth inning and then got knocked a little bit around in the seventh. Eric Swanson battled a little bit and then he Houdini's his way out of it in a huge moment. And we'll talk about Swanson in a sec, but Jimmy Garcia gives up a run. Jordan Romano gives up runs as well. Of course, the game losing run. It is, it is a tough look for the bullpen, but I think for me, I'm not really blaming the bullpen necessarily because it does kind of feel like the bullpen has been because they've been so, so good for so long. I don't know. I don't think it's really right to dump on these guys because they've been so good, but it does really show you the tightrope that all of them, Richards, Swanson, Romano, Garcia, the guys who didn't pitch certainly as well. And Mesa and Pearson, all of their highest leverage guys. It shows you the tightrope they have to walk virtually every single game. It's just, you can't have high leverage outings for every reliever all the time. It would just be kind of nice for the blue Jays to make it a bit of a laugher just once or twice, just make it a, make it a bit of a laugher. So you're not always going to Swanson with two on and no outs. The guys on second and third, I don't know. It's, it's tough, right? Like uh, Swanson tough luck for him on the Mariners first run. It was a pitch above the zone. Very, very weak contact from Mike Ford bloops in a run. M's had a pretty good read on it at third base because had that been caught, there's a 0% chance that would have been a sack fly. Cause it felt like I felt like the left fielder was standing what feet behind third base when that ball fell in Uh splitter from Swanson induces weak contact. Bell actually makes a pretty good throw. A moment that will absolutely get lost in this one because the Blue Jays lost this game. But Belt makes a great throw to Jansen at the plate to both prevent a run and to get out the first out of the inning. And I just wanted to say those kinds of throws look so simple. And yet, how many times have we all seen balls thrown home? Like, not just for the Blue Jays, just in any baseball game. Throw home, thrown home and and go completely wild, like complete chaos and see as, as the plate. And then you also have that wild plate blocking rule to deal with because it's applied one way, one night, another way, another night, a million different ways. You can view anyone, you know, a knee down, a knee not down. Where is, where is his feet? Is it touching the dirt? Is it touching the grass? Like, I, I don't know. The plate blocking rule is a wild one. So 
I'll give all the credit in the world to both Belt and Jano for making that look routine because it is anything but. But afterwards, loud out from Crawford, advances the runner. J-Rod works the walk. And then perhaps one of the more underrated home run hitters in the American League, Eugenio Suarez. Swanson gets the strikeout. He was jacked up. Like, bases loaded, two outs, you're on the mound, facing the team that traded you away. You're in your former ballpark. I don't blame him one bit. That was a, a tense situation that he Houdini'd his way out of. I know he did allow the inherited runner to score, but um, he did it largely without the usage of his best pitch in the splitter. It didn't really seem to be there tonight. So I, I give credit to Eric Swanson for, for getting out of that situation. But uh, that is uh, unfortunately a part of the ball game that will likely get lost because the Blue Jays did lose this one three to two. Thanks to the former Blue Jay and Teoscar Hernandez. Uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will continue taking your calls, continue taking your text line messages, a whole bunch of them here on the text line, 590-590, name and location. Keep them coming. We are here for another couple of minutes. You're listening to Jay's Talk Show with you on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I mean, just I think, you know, he knows us. You know, we all kind of do. And, you know, just trusting him to get a good pitch and get it in the air. Um, didn't work out that way. But, you know, that's, you know, I know it's a risk when Gergi puts the ball on the ground uh, for a double play. Um but again, I think, you know, he's, he's a dude for us and he's going to be going forward. And, um, you know, I just like that spot. That is John Schneider discussing the Kirk pinch hit situation for Dalton Varsho in the eighth inning with the bases loaded. Probably not going to win too many people over if you're looking for a definitive answer as to why he uh, had Kirk in there over like pretty much anyone else, whether, whether it was to keep Varsha in there or to pinch it for Jordan Luplo. I, I have a feeling it had mostly to do with they saw him pitch or pardon me hit yesterday and they wanted to get him going and see if they could keep it going with the bases loaded. And it didn't work out obviously, but yeah, I don't think that explanation is going to, uh, going to fly for a lot of people. If only because ultimately blue Jays did lose this game three to the final for the Jays to, uh, for the Mariners, pardon me over the Jays. Oscar Hernandez, former Blue Jay, now Mariner, walking it off in the bottom of the ninth inning in front of a perhaps split crowd at T-Mobile Park. It sounded very pro-Jays at some points, pro-Mariners, but uh, the the actual home crowd getting the win as the Blue Jays, again, do fall 3-2 in nine innings to lose the first of three. Game two goes tomorrow. Of course, Kevin Gosman will take the mound for the Jays. He's returning after a bit of an absence following the All-Star break. Logan Gilbert will go for the Seattle Mariners first pitch just after 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Uh, I'm Show Ali. You're listening to Jay's Talk here on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Before we go back to the text line, let's go over to the Major League Standings Watch presented by Bet365. Download the Bet365 app and check out the latest odds for today. Baseball games, 19 plus, play responsibly, Ontario only. So right now, the... All the games in the American League East are are over because it's almost 2 o'clock in the morning on the East Coast. So all the games in Major League Baseball are over. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles got blanked by the Seattle, pardon me, by the Tampa Bay Rays earlier this evening. The Red Sox did not finish their game uh, against the Mets because of a torrential downpour in Boston. I just want to say there was a, a clip on Twitter of the rain pouring into the concourse at Fenway Park and some guy took his shirt off and and dove into the water like he was on a slip and slide. I just want to say that's disgusting. No one wants to. No one wants to do that. Like in feet water. No one wants to be splashing around in feet water at Fenway. Ugh, 
disgusting. Anyways, that game did not finish because uh, of the suspended game, so that's going to resume tomorrow, but the Mets were leading 4-3 in the bottom of the fourth inning. The Yankees did hold on for a 5-4 win over the Kansas City Royals. Uh, Glaber Torres, Billy McKinney, all going deep in that one alongside Franchi Cordero. So uh, knowing all of that, here's how the standings shake out as of right now following the Blue Jays' loss. Baltimore 59-38. and 38. Tampa is 61-40. and 40. So Baltimore, despite the uh, two less wins, they also have two less losses in the Rays. So they have a winning percentage of 608 versus the Rays winning percentage of 604. Jays 54 and 44, Red Sox 51 and 46, Yankees are 51 and 47. Uh, let's go back to the text line. I want to read a couple of these texts for you. Uh, Joe in Downsview says, Schneider didn't want Kikuchi pitching to Hernandez, but let Romano pitch to Hernandez with first base open. I, I don't, hard to disagree with that because if, if you're, if the thought process is that you don't want Teo to go up there and hit guys, then you're probably right. There was a base open. He should have been walked. Um, I see another couple of texts here. Uh, Peter in Toronto, another blown save, walk-off loss against Seattle. Really tough loss at 1 a.m. in the morning. And when it's Hernandez, why do we always fall apart in the late innings against Seattle? I mean, these aren't the Orioles. That's kind of a funny statement in itself, just because the Orioles, like literally before last year, the Blue Jays did pretty well against the Orioles in their down season. But uh, it is it is always tough to stay up super late and then experience a really dismal loss. Uh, Jason from Waterton Lakes National Park. I think that's in Alberta. I think Waterton Lakes National Park is in Alberta. Uh, Garcia does not belong in any leverage positions. Full stop. And from my position in my chair, I also knew Romano was going to throw his second best pitch to Teo. He does like to abuse the slider, unfortunately, in certain situations. And it does work out sometimes. But to Teoscar Hernandez, eh, perhaps not the best decision. I, I do want to mention on, on Jimmy Garcia, obviously it did not work out. But he had been trending in the right dis- direction lately. Yes, he gives up uh, the game-tying run. It's actually the first earned run he's given up since June 17th against the Texas Rangers. So the first earned run he's given up in well over a month, obviously didn't work out today, but again, it perhaps underscores the tightrope. The bullpen has to basically walk literally every single time out because again, the offense MIA for large chunks of this ball game. Uh, real quick to wrap up. I want to chat a little bit about Danny Jansen. So he crushes a solo bomb. This was from Sportsnet stats as well. I love getting my stats from them. Nine of Danny Jansen's 12 home runs this season by the tie of the game or given the blue Jays, the lead late if that's not clutch, I don't really know what is. Obviously, they did lose this one, but it's pretty wild to think that JT Real Muto, who is usually at the very top or at least near the top of the best catchers list in baseball, he and Jano have the same amount of home runs. Kyle Raleigh is actually up there as well. The three of them are tied for seventh amongst MLB catchers with 12 home runs, and Jano has played over 12 fewer games than both Real Muto and uh, Raleigh. Shout out uh, Josh Goldberg for that stat. Uh, that alone speaks to how good Jansen has been when healthy. And really the health has been the only bugaboo for Jansen because when he's in there full time, there's a real chance he's like a 30 plus home run guy over for 162, right? One of the most interesting contract decisions for me will be whatever they give to Jano as a long-term deal. I'll, I'd be surprised if he walks, but like eventually, but contract wise, he's currently in the second of three RB years, making three and a half mil this year. Next year is finally RB year. And then it's a UFA after 2024. So what kind of money should he get? Kind of tough to nail down comparables when Jeno is 28, it'll be 29 of April of next year. So just after the season starts next season. So how long do you want to lock him up for? I'd seen someone point out Sean Murphy as a comparable Atlanta Braves catcher 
They had signed him to a long-term deal before he had ever lifted a bat for Atlanta, but he signed a six-year, $73 million deal. Murphy did have less service time than Jano, despite the fact that Murphy's actually six months older than than Danny Jansen. I do wonder if maybe like a five-year version of that deal is where Jansen and his, his reps start, right? Like Murphy's deal did have to work with more RBers than Jansen's would, but you know, if he signs a long-term deal this off season, maybe like seven, 8 million, you buy out the final RB year and then four years at 12 million, let's say for a total of 56 million over five years. Okay, that's probably about right for a guy who's been very good, but not only from an offensive standpoint, but from a defensive standpoint, game calling standpoint, maybe there's an option for the final year. Maybe you front load it a bit in terms of yearly cash, knowing that, Catchers fall off a little bit as they get older, um, you know, except for the best catchers ever, right? But maybe that makes those kinds of things make it more attractive. All I know is that Jansen has to be locked up even for a four to five year deal because by trading Moreno, we don't have to relitigate that, but the die has been more or less cast with the catchers you have in the system right now in a window that says the Jays are competing now, like not in three years or four years, but now. So in, Jan- in theory, Jansen should be in theory a part of it. And his contract pending as soon as 2024, that's a decision that one way or another will have to be made, uh, relatively speaking, uh, pretty soon. That does it for us here on the program. Hopefully better days ahead tomorrow with Kevin Gossman on the mound. Uh, thank you for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, brought to you by Crown Rust Protection. Now that summer has arrived, it's road trip season. Some people making a road trip out to Seattle. Make sure your vehicle is protected from rust with Crown. Visit crown.com for a special summer offer today. Crown, Canada's number one rust protection. For Ben Shulman, Blake Murphy, Tom Young, Nick Blackmore, I'm Show Ali. Thanks for being with us into the wee hours of the morning. Uh, tomorrow, like I said, Kevin Gosman versus Logan Gilbert. That's going to be a fun matchup. Uh, I'm here all weekend. I'm here for the whole Mariner series, the whole Dodgers series, the whole road trip. Sleep fast. Talk to you later.